<coughs> Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to Family is the Answer, an adoption and foster care podcast. I'm Karina Kuna Henson, Managing Director for Rohe Foundation. Together with Podcast Network Asia, we're here to share resources to inform you and stories to inspire you about adoption and foster care. Hope you enjoy listening. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, guys. So glad you're joining us. Welcome back to the Family's The Answer podcast. It's our special Christmas edition. That's right. Uh, it's And it's uh, Christmas Eve. Hopefully you're not listening to this on Christmas Eve. I um, hope that you're in the presence of, you know, family and friends. And But if you are, you, <laughs> you know, we are honored that you, yes. you know, take the time in this, you know, special season to listen about foster care and adoption. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we're super excited about this particular episode because joining us are two very dear friends of ours, Dennis and Tammy C. You've known them for a long time. That's right. Pastor Dennis was my youth pastor. So I knew him since, I would give away my age, for decades. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. We've known them for a very long time and they've walked through us, you know, walked with us through different seasons of life. Pastor Dennis being your youth pastor. And then, you know, when we moved back to the Philippines before starting Rohe Foundation, they were super involved and instrumental in kind of mentoring us in that season where we had lost our first baby, Celine, and then just transitioning into starting Rohe Foundation and gaining the courage and the faith to, to pursue this. So, We love them so much. We're so grateful that they said yes to hopping on the podcast. A little bit about them. Pastor Dennis is currently the senior pastor of Victory Makati Church here in the Philippines. He and his wife, Tammy, they have four children. Tammy is also a childbirth coach, a doula, a lactation specialist, a parent educator. She's gone back to school recently and, you know, is really her passion is really helping mothers through that season of childbirth, especially. And they make a great team. They also have a podcast by Podcast Network Asia called Our Parenthood. So we invite you to check that out as well. But we're glad that they're joining us today because we're going to be talking to them a little bit about their experience in 2020 and, and throughout last year where they actually responded to the needs of a child. They did that over the holidays last year. So last Christmas was very special for them. And this Christmas is going to be a little bit different because the little girl that they were fostering or caring for has been reunited with her mom. And that's another story in itself. So we're going to be talking to them about two things. One, the holiday season for waiting children, their thoughts and reflections on Christmas, being pastors and, you know, how they've connected, you know, adoption and fostering, caring for the orphans to this message of Christmas And we also want to, of course, hear their story and their experiences with that. And so this will be a two-part episode. I hope you stick with us for, for both. The second part will be released on New Year's Eve. So do look out for that. But stay tuned because in just a couple of minutes, joining us will be Pastor Dennis and Tammy C. Hope you enjoy. Hi, guys. Merry Christmas. Hello. Hello. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Well, thanks so much for agreeing to join our podcast episode today. We wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about your recent fostering experience. And also because it's Christmas time, it's the holidays. Touching on that and just the 
just the connection between the story of Christmas and adoption, because I know for us, that first Christmas, Chloe was born in November. November yeah. And then shortly after Christmas, it was such a special Christmas for us. It was like the message of Christmas came alive in a different way. Our reflections mm-hmm. on just what God's done for us. Parang, the lights went on, you know, and yeah. Yeah. it was and just seeing family. I mean, it's all about family, right? So having a new addition to the family in a special way mm. and then coming into Christmas, it just it just brought a whole new dimension to to what, what Christmas is. Yeah. yeah. So for mm. you guys, I know that with the little girl that you were fostering for a while in the last year, it was similar. It was kind of before Christmas time. She actually really got to spend the holiday season with you guys. Maybe you can share with us what that first Christmas was like. What was Christmas 2020 like for you guys? Mm. But can I smile, creams? <laughs> I'm, I'm You're um, smiling. Managing emotions. <laughs> I'm sh- I, that's what I thought. <laughs> smiling over crying. <laughs> Does it work? <laughs> it's rarely. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was asking about your smile. Because I know it's a different kind of smile. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Go, go ahead. You first. Okay. <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah, if so, you have mascara. Yeah, go. Mm. Go ahead. <laughs> well, for I think for me, when we fostered si baby, no, I think the message for us during that Christmas, kasi, I, I kind of document everything. I'm the documenter. So I remember buying pa a photo book just to put all her pictures. Then we had a scheduled family portrait picture and we added her. Diba? Parang crossing fingers, God willing, maybe she will be part of our family. Though her eyes is quite, ano lang, quite big lang, no? so medyo hindi siya pasok. <laughs> but then, it's like, for us, it's a dream to have maybe an additional member of the family. So that was our first Christmas. We were very hopeful for her. We were excited for her future. That God let us borrow Nika into our family. So parang... Lord, we want to savor this moment and we want to document because you'll never know what will happen in the future. Right. Okay. So I think that was our first ever family picture with her. And wow. in our minds was my option option A, family picture with her. Option B, no, but then we're hopeful for option A. No, yun yung nasa hard ko at that time when we were celebrating the first Christmas, fostering a baby. Well, for me, I think. I was just happy she was still with us come December. When December came, because I remember, I think three weeks into fostering, I followed up and asked for updates. And they said, most likely after the lockdown, when it's lifted, they would most likely go home. Like baby and the mom would, might be able to go home. And I remember, I remember saying, oh, Lord, not yet. Have so much love to give. And so I said, you know, we're really okay. There's, we're not in a rush. And I remember praying that and hoping she would still be with us around Christmas. I wanted her to experience the, oh, okay, I did not expect. I said I had no more tears. I wanted her to experience just a, of having a full, complete family by Christmas. Yeah. So as Dennis was saying, there's plan A, plan B for the photo shoot. For me, I wasn't thinking plan A, plan B. I was thinking, 
whether or not she stays with us, our 2020 Christmas photo will be with her. That's just, it's not plan B, plan A. It's just our 2020 family was with her. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. That's how I, I, I think see our it. emotions were so fresh. Because October. Were? Then, I'm still in the present tense, oh, pala. Well. I thought it's the past tense. <laughs> we're so fresh. It still it feels so fresh still. No, at that time, because three months palang si baby sa atin. So it's it was like, is this a future for us? Parang we're going to adopt. Yeah. Um, mm. Are we adding another member to our family? Is this something that we're looking forward? Parang is this something that we're expecting to happen? As we would foster, as you guys know, we're very open to adoption and fostering. So at that time, parang any, any, Lord, we foster, adoption doesn't matter. It's just the spelling for us at that time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think your story is so unique is because you were open to either. But it's also sometimes a bit confusing of a feeling like... We wish this could last forever, but isn't it wrong to wish this could last forever? And it's like, yeah, you know, is that really the best thing for her? Did you also feel that pull emotionally between like, we want, we want to keep her. We wish she could be with us forever, but should she go back to be with her biological mm. mom? Is that the best thing for her? Was it confusing? What was it like for you guys? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I'm, if I was able to tell you this, but every time we'd pray for her, and the kids will always be like, oh, we wish we could just we could just adopt her. But none of them could get themselves to pray that, Lord, we pray that we could finally adopt her. And they would say, even the younger ones, they would say, because that would mean that her family would have officially abandoned her. For them, they understood that that's what it meant. Like for us to be able right. to adopt her. It would mean that the family would officially say we will not take her. Yeah. Parang ganon. So yeah. So there was always that every time. Lord, you know we want to to have her, but <laughs> that's it. There was no official prayer. Lord, can we adopt her, please? <laughs> it wasn't. It was, it was never a, made official, quote unquote. <laughs> that's right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's I a guess, hard prayer yeah. to pray, and I think that's the part, the side of the story that not a lot of families or not a lot of Filipinos understand. That if you don't first fight for like reunification or to preserve the family, the original family, only then can adoption or fostering be an option, right? And and I guess that's the mm -hmm. unique role that fostering has to play because there are cases. Wherein sometimes the biological family really needs temporary support. And with that temporary support, you're actually able to preserve a family, which, mm. as painful as it is, you guys stepped out. And because of your courage to do what you did, there was a family that was preserved. And Nika didn't have to experience that mm. with your kids mm. said, yeah, you know, having experienced first being abandoned. Yeah. And I think. That that side of the story needs to be told more. And I think maybe we can hear from you. What are the things that you've learned from the other side? Because we always talk about the, forgive the term, the demand side, where the people who are fostering, the people who are adopting. But what have you learned from the other side who, who are desperate and they need help as well? Ako on top of mine, mm. maybe... Yung compassion ko for the poor, actually, seeing, hearing the story of, of the origin of this baby yeah. makes me want to run for election. No, no, joke. No, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> yung parang, 
at the end of the day, there's a lot of poverty going on and a lot of yung wrong decisions that a lot of Filipinos enter into. It's not because they, for them, sometimes it's not even a choice. I just have to do this for survival. Mm-hmm. And to hear that parang, ah, we need to do something about this also. That it's, I know it's a bigger issue in our nation. But then poverty talaga plays a very big role. That's why there's a lot of this happening ng mga abandoned kids or kids who are given up for adoption. And that's a sad ano, no, for us to see that firsthand. And, and I work for the church. We are pastors. We've heard stories. We've ministered to the poor. But to be so closely, yung in close proximity of really right. touching and feeling this baby, because of poverty, that's why she's here. I think that's one side that I, I feel like na ako na ako kay Lord na Lord, we need to do something about the mandate in Scripture for us to help those who are in need, a defender of the widows, of the orphans, and of the poor, diba? Parang this threefold people group is something that we need to challenge every Christian to embrace. They call it the Micah mandate, diba? Sa sa book of Micah na kinoman ni Lord that we need to take care of these people. And I think that for us hit home when we had Nika. Yeah, and I think being able to to see the mom and we got to talk to the mom, I knew it was so hard for her also, the decision. Initially, when you, when you hear of abandoned babies or moms having to give up their babies, it's like, ah, bakit? Why do they have to do that? But now it's, I just feel so much compassion for them. Yeah. It's like I just felt how she did not want to give up her baby, but she felt like she had no choice. Magandang araw mga bata! Ako si Kuya Raywin. Tara na at pagkwentuhan natin ang exciting na adventure ng ating mga idol na hero. Dito lamang sa kwentong Kalyahiro. Available tayo sa lahat ng major podcast platforms powered by Podcast Network Asia at Podmetrics. Kita-kits! And I think that it's true because at least for me also, it's understanding what you, what you said, the compassion. You go from a place of first, there's a lot of judgment. <laughs> I found myself very guilty of a lot of judgment towards Pregnant women who would abandon their babies, give their children for adoption, even sell their babies, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, in, get involved with trafficking, you know, their children end up being trafficked because of their desperation. But when you hear their stories and you come into close proximity with them, you understand that you actually just see one side of the story, mm-hmm. right? You're just seeing the negative effects of, you know, a lot of things that have happened that, you know, like you mentioned, the poverty, the abuse, a lot of the trauma that they themselves have experienced mm, that yeah. have led them to do such desperate things. And, and then you're overwhelmed by <laughs> compassion and you realize that, wow, somebody needs to help to help these mm. women. Yeah. yeah. And I remember even with the older kids, the girls, this came to them when we had to give Nika back to the, the mom and they were like, why? Why does she have to go back? She's in a much better place now. And then, you know, it wasn't easy. The transition for her, logically, like practically speaking, 
parang it, it would have been better, much better. Like not taking into consideration everything else. It's just the in terms of provision, in terms of being more comfortable. That's right. It was so easy to say. No, it's obvious that the best place for her to be is here with us. You know, she has a more secure future and all that. And I remember both of them feeling helpless. At the same time, frustrated, asking why, why does it have to be this way and why can't. And then I remember telling them, we both have to explain to them, there's no best case scenario here. That's the brokenness of the world. And that's where we come in as that's where God comes in. Wow. Okay, I'm so. I was gonna say I was ready for this, Tam. I wasn't ready for this. Okay, I was even assuming that I didn't even get tissue. Right? You said okay, prepare the tissue. I said yeah, no need for tissue. I'm so okay. But yeah, I I remember talking to them and saying this is where God comes in. The reality of the brokenness of the world. And at first, we they were thinking the system is so broken. They were getting mad at the system. And we said, no, it's not the system that's the problem. It's the world we live in. We live in a broken world. And as much as we want to have a best case scenario for, for Mika and the family and for us, there's no best case scenario. We, we just need to trust that. You know, as we do what God calls us to do at the time, like, okay, take Nika in and then now release her, that God would cover the the broken places or the places where there can be trauma or hurt. And God will cover that and His grace will just flow through those areas and flow into those areas. Yeah, I guess in line with that, I we asked you a little bit about your first Christmas with her, which was last year. And you said something where, you know, we just wanted to savor the moment. And it doesn't matter whether it's going to be forever or this is the first and only Christmas, but at least she gets to experience Christmas with a family in the midst of family. And I guess it's it's Christmas time again. And has it shifted your your reflections on Christmas in any way? I I find myself like Chloe recently told me because there are so many children on the streets again. Well, there's a lot of traffic on the streets of Manila again. And along with that, a lot of children also begging on the streets again. Mm. And I was trying to explain to Chloe that some of these children don't have parents. And she says, you mean they don't have families for Christmas? And I said, you're you're right, they don't. And a lot of children in the children's homes that we visited or the ones that she knows, I said, actually, they don't have families for Christmas either. And I guess just that awareness that there are children waiting for families during the Christmas time. What are your thoughts about us are as as Christians, how we're called to respond to that? And well, you know, what can we do around the holidays when we're mindful, being made more mindful of the fact that there are children without families, thousands of children in the Philippines without families around the holidays? Okay, me first, as iyak si Tami, <laughs> sa second answer, no? <laughs> Parang may pattern tong podcast na to. No? <laughs> ako naman iyak, ako naman. Okay. <laughs> but I, I think more than Christmas, it's putting it in the family rhythm. One of the things we do now, as much as possible to be consistent, is we have this prayer rhythm called Book of Common Prayers. And every night and sometimes in the morning, read through the prayers 
that are not just decades old, century old prayers that in church history has been prayed. And and most of the time they would give examples about how we need to be not just Christians who would think about heaven, but Christians who would understand the brokenness of the world. So it's ingrained within the prayer, whether it's poverty, whether it's social injustice, they get to hear stories of that. And then we pray through a lot of those issues. Imagine doing that 365 days in a year. It builds an awareness for them that there's so much brokenness in the world and the only answer is Jesus. Right. Imagine families where Jesus is worshipped. This is something that's common for Christian families to embrace. Like, how can we open the door? Remember the Christmas story when Joseph and Mary were going back to their hometown months before her birth. They were looking for an inn, right? Now, the inn during that time was not a hotel. It's more of like an Airbnb. No, and they couldn't find a room for, for the family. And that's why during the birth of Jesus, they were placed in a manger, which was common, by the way, in Palestinian history. You know? but, but imagine going back to your hometown and you couldn't find places in your neighbor's house to stay because yeah. Mary's giving birth. Now, it, it just reminds me that in our family, and I think in every Christian family, there should always be room for, for people to be in our inn. Right to be in our homes, wow. right, and and I think that's that's something that I would want to practice until I grow old. That there will always be a spare room for people to be welcome into our house, whether it's a missionary guest or or a foster baby. There will always be room for you in the inn, in the sea inn. Yeah, I think I I found it quite hard to answer your question, Creams, about. Christmas. And we've discussed this many times. You know how during Christmas, a lot of people will organize feeding programs and they may giving programs to orphanages. They would have the, we have the Christmas shoebox and all these things. And I remember years back, Dennis and I were talking about this. And I think we got to talk to someone from the orphanage and they said, during Christmas, there's an overflow. And it's like they have to, their calendars are full. The children are so happy. Right. But then after the Christmas season, it's all gone. they don't feel anything from anyone again. And for me, I think when we talk about opening our homes, when we talk about fostering, when we talk about adoption and just, I guess, compassion ministries in general or just moving in compassion, it's not a, it's for me, uh, this is, it's not supposed to be a like, Okay, it's Christmas season, it's giving season. It's not just supposed to be a season wherein we open our homes and start thinking of giving of ourselves and giving more to people. I think it's because there's Christmas, that's the, the open door, that's the jumping point. Now we can do it the rest of the year. Now it doesn't, because there's a, there's the Christmas season. Now we can move in generosity and compassion as a lifestyle for the rest of our lives. Yeah, because <laughs> every day is Christmas. <laughs> I knew it. There was something. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. That was just part one of our conversation with Pastor Dennis and Tammy C. I hope so you guys good. enjoyed that. It was, it, was it was amazing. Lots of takeaways. Takeaways and tears. And te- <laughs> lots of tears. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
but just one for me it's it's about making room in your heart right yeah. always being ready to to give and it's not just about christmas it's it's not though christmas is a trigger it's a it's a it's a starting point of this ability for us to give because of what we've received but it shouldn't just happen on christmas it's a lifestyle so and um, i love how they took it beyond you know just visiting children's homes which is something we're used to around the holidays you know but that's something that usually is a christmas thing or giving towards an orphanage or children's right. home but actually children's homes are just the starting point the finish line is really families and opening up your home through fostering through adoption is something so powerful you can do around the holidays we hope you would reflect on that this christmas and continue to you know reach out to us if there's any way that we can support you we would be more than happy to do that please reach out to us through our website or our social media platforms and we'll be more than happy to support you in your journey so thanks so much for joining us again this is just part one stay tuned next week for part two of our conversation with them for now wishing you all a very very merry christmas merry christmas was the Family is the Answer podcast by Rohe Foundation and powered by Podcast Network Asia. If you're interested to know more about adoption and foster care, visit our website at rohefoundation.org where you can find articles, videos, and other resources. You can also find us on social media. We're Rohe Foundation on Instagram and Facebook. Again, thanks for listening and I hope to catch you at our next episode. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.